Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. The Jeep Celebration event is here, which means great deals on the SUVs built to stand the test of time are waiting. Hurry in before time runs out. FCA vehicle owners financing at 4750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo models as of 3-3-2020 in dealer stock. Current vehicle must be registered for 30 days. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 331-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live from the Mercedes Man Cave. Top that, Chris. This is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with Reggie Miller. Lakers get blown out in Boston. James Harden goes one for 17 from three-point range. Ben Simmons has a triple-double. Damian Lillard goes for 61. We'll talk to Reg. What do the Lakers need? It feels like they're missing something. Now, I know Anthony Davis came back last night after being out five games, played, I think, 22 minutes. But I wouldn't panic now, and it's one bad loss. This happens. You're still doing okay. Last I looked, you're still doing okay there. All right, uh, so Reg will join us uh, 12 days until the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure if it will make a huge difference, but this will be the first Super Bowl with widespread legal gambling in the United States. We just had Danny Sheridan, the USA Today oddsmaker, on last hour. Even more states are going to legalize sports gambling. And in the past, the Super Bowl is the one game that everybody bets on. Everybody wants to have something on it, whether they're rooting for a team or not. And whether it's in Vegas or with bookies or just with friends, and now it could be even bigger in part because... The media is allowed to talk about gambling openly. And the opening line was the Chiefs giving a point and a half. And remember, Vegas is trying to set a line that uh, gets the most action there. And it's a long way to go before Chiefs-Niners kick off in Miami. It's one and a half points that the Chiefs are giving. Uh, the over-under, I think, is 54. And Danny Sheridan said, "It does. don't worry about the spread. Just pick the team that you think is going to win, and then you'll, you'll stay with that spread. And the odds, the, the uh, number of Super Bowls that he was talking about, was it like 23 of the last 26 where the team that was, I'm trying to think of the number, it was like 88% uh, that, like the winning team covered, I believe. So you pick who you think is going to win the game. That's it. You think San Francisco is going to win, you don't care about the one and a half. You think Kansas City is going to win, you don't think about the one and a half there. Uh but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if it moves up 
or it moves down. It feels like it might move up a little bit where maybe the Chiefs will be favored by two. feels like there's a lot of love for Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, once again, you're just trying to get the middle ground here and get the most bets. And it feels like with San Francisco, people are still... In, it, it's kind of a wait-and-see basis here, believe it or not, with San Francisco. Yeah, okay, they did it. Okay, they beat Green Bay, who they beat back in Week 12. Can Jimmy Garoppolo lead a game-winning drive? Maybe it doesn't even come down to that, in fairness to him. Maybe they're up by two touchdowns. He doesn't have to do anything dramatic. But it feels like... My philosophy is I go with the better quarterback. And odds are the better quarterback is going to win those Super Bowls. Yes, Paulie? A bunch of, a guy I know who works out there said a bunch of bets came in right before the game on the Titans to cover the first half line. Because of the slow start by the Chiefs in the previous game, a lot of bettors waited to the very end and put big bets, like six-figure bets, Mm. on the first half line for the Chiefs. So right now, one of the hot, sneaky bets is... Niners... First Niners half. first half points because the Chiefs have had a couple slow starts and they're bucking that banking on that trend. And also Danny Sheridan said, don't do prop bets. I mean, they're fun, but you can't bet that much on a prop bet. I, I think there, you know, there's an accumulation maybe, but it's not like you can put down a hundred thousand dollars. I don't think on a prop bet. I think they have a limit. They, they, they top out at, you know, maybe a thousand dollars or five thousand. Yeah, Fritzy. Is there a wild prop bet you came close to betting on, or knew never. someone that put something on the like the length of the national anthem or something? Never, like? never, never. The people I know who gamble don't do silly things like that. You know, how long will it take for Demi Lovato to sing the national anthem? I couldn't care less. Well, let me do some research on how many times she's uh, sung the national anthem and see the over under. I mean, it's fun to watch, but I I would never put money on those like the coin toss yeah like i'm not that much of a degenerate i i used to be but not anymore like there's a curiosity but nowhere near what it once was uh you want to get your patrick mahomes t-shirt in time for the super bowl you can go to the dp show store uh we got our calendar there and uh, they're 30 off if you'd like to pick those up go to danpatrick.com or the dan patrick app all of those t-shirts that are available the sweatshirt that I have on today that nobody acknowledged today? I mean, come on. Are you just noticing I got a DP show sweatshirt on, Paul? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the shirt underneath. No, my sweatshirt. Oh. Yeah. You should put a sport coat on over it and really dress Get my it up. hoodie. I know. Do the hoodie thing. I might have to. Uh, Mike in Buffalo joins us. Hi, Mike. What do you have for me today? 57190. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with Danny that it's too tough to be, uh, fix a pro sports game, but mostly because there's too much money washing around, not because of instant last-minute bets. I think that happens anyways all over the place. I've seen it. My only worry ever comes in, like, middle, mid-season, like maybe mid-major college games where these guys are not going to go pro. There might be an advantage to get somebody to take a game or point-shave a game in the middle of a Season like that. But it'll stand out, though, Mike. If if Central Michigan is playing Kent State and all of a sudden you have an influx of money, I mean, these sharps, I mean, the people in Vegas, they know. This is, they're people who get paid to do this, to just monitor what's going on. Unless you bet with just a bookie, but if if Vegas is involved in this, they're the ones that are going to notice this. That That's how they've stopped these point-shaving scandals. But thanks for the phone call there, Mike. Yes, McLovin. Did they know about Tim Donaghy, though? Maybe if the game's big enough, you can hide that money. Yeah, I don't know. And I should have asked Danny Sheridan about Tim Donaghy. I just, I don't like 
given Tim Donaghy a platform, or at least talking about it. Uh, Paulie? I read the book on the point-shaving scandal at Boston College, and even though all the bets made for the bettors who fixed the Boston College guys, they still had to spread those bets around so they didn't flag the bookies. They would ship money out to Phoenix and to Kansas City and all these places and put medium-sized bets on Boston College games. Because if someone starts just starting betting hundred grand on BC basketball, they're going to take that game off the board because nobody yeah. does that. All right. Uh, prior to the start of this hour, we were talking about the Hall of Fame. And right now, about 52% of the ballots are in for the Hall of Fame. It'll be announced tonight, uh, I believe, on MLB. And uh, Derek Jeter has gotten, uh, he's on 100% of those ballots so far. Larry Walker is second at around 82%. Kurt Schilling would also get into the Hall of Fame. This is 52% of the uh, votes. McLovin came in today and dropped this bombshell. Go ahead. Well, I just asked, is Derek Jeter overrated because he played in New York? Okay. Are you saying it or asking it? I was asking it, but I am now answering yes. Okay. I mean, if he was in Kansas City, he'd be a slightly better hitting Omar Vizquel in worse fielding, by the way. He just, big limelight. I mean, it, in an era where shortstops were hitting hundreds of home runs, he hit a lot. He hit 260. But they're all to that short porch in, in right field in Yankee Stadium. I, I don't, he just never really blew me away. I always thought the press coverage and the ability were Well, there's different. a difference between overrated and overcovered. Well, he's going to be the second 100% Hall of Fame ballot guy. And he's definitely not the second best player to go in the Hall of Fame in the last 10 years. No, he's not. But I do think that there is this mythical, magical view lens that we view Derek Jeter in. Uh, that he was every day and he was clutch and you know he won, he played. Um, you know, in today's era, if Jeter was just coming in, he would not be the, the same player that he is right now or that he was during his career. He would, he would be built differently. He would, he would play differently as well. Is he, I think he's overcovered. Is, is maybe as a result, maybe it's semantics that he's overrated. Yeah, yeah. Great player, obviously. You're a Vizquel guy, as I recall. Well, he gets lost in all of this. If yeah. you said, you know, Vizquel was a, a good hitter, not, you know, what Jeter is, but he was every bit and then some the fielder. Vizquel was just spectacular. God, did he have great hands. But he's like in the conversation as the best ever, though, right? Best fielding shortstop. He's in that conversation. With Ozzie Smith. and I think he's better than Ozzie. Ozzie was flamboyant. And Ozzie played in big games, had the big home run in the postseason against the Dodgers. But Vizquel kind of toiled along in obscurity. I, I just I marveled at his hands. I, I thought he had the best hands of any shortstop I ever saw. And I don't know if they're going to put him in, but... You know, I, I hope one day. Yeah, Paul. But Jeter was the constant. When the Yankees added free agents and changed people and people went up and down and people got in trouble and got busted for steroids, he was constant. Hitting 310 to his 22 homers, he never stunk, and he was never the best player in baseball, but he was the constant of the entire Yankees coverage for, for two decades. Yeah. And, of course, that elevates him, but he elevated himself by not leaving, not going somewhere else, not getting hurt, not ever having like three seasons where he was average. But he's not better than Cal Ripken. So, well. Jeter was never MVP. Yeah, he's topped five a couple times. I mean, I, it, just in my opinion, if you said, yeah, I could have Jeter in his prime or I could have Ripken in his prime. And, and Ripken wasn't a great fielder. I think he, he, he had pitch awareness and he played, he played the position accordingly. But 
you know, Ripken still had pretty good numbers there. They're similar in a couple categories. They've never really led the league in anything. Yeah. Cal Ripken, uh, he was MVP twice, and it was like an eight-year window between the two. So that, that's big for him. But he never led the league in home runs, yeah. batting average, steals. Jeter led the league in hits a couple times. Yeah, I see. The thing that really kills Jeter is that for the last however many years of his career, he was the second best shortstop on his own team. And that is just <laughs> crushing. Because Alex Rodriguez is a better shortstop than, yeah. than Derek Jeter. Yeah. And that just having them, hey, no, I'll move over to third because this is your team. Yeah. But everybody knows he's still better at short is just brutal. Yeah. But, but no uh, whiff of steroids with Jeter. Could he Clearly. Use yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that right field porch was, was you know, 335, Jeter probably would have had half as many home runs. But he'd always do that inside-out swing and hit it down there. And Yes, McLovin. Yeah, I mean, like the second baseman could make a play on those home run balls. Uh, but uh, wait, okay. Cal Ripken came in in 82. Like, he had like 28 homers in 82. That's, that's huge for 82. He you was, got a prorated. Yeah, I, mean. I think he was more of the modern-day shortstop before there was a modern-day shortstop where you had to have power. Right, but you didn't. It was hard to hit a lot of home runs back then because the ball wasn't juiced. Or I don't know. Like he was right there among leaders. Yes, Paulie. In the past thirty years, whose baseball career would you rather have over Derek Jeter's? Throw out a name. Over you the last the, what? Th- let's say thirty years. Thirty years. I'm not going to go back to the eighty early eighties and guys like that. But the past thirty years, mm. not a Rod, not Roger Clemens, not Barry Bonds. Not well, no, Sam- I wouldn't pick. Steroid user. That's what I'm saying. Like we're, now, we're I getting... would take Mariano Rivera. Okay, I thought he he was he was one of the. There was no doubt how great he was. Great There's pick. no question of when you talk about great relievers, Mariano Rivera's first guy. I guess the point is, we we got one. I, I'm not sure there's three others that you would take over Jeter's since since 1990. I'd have to look at the list of those who have gone in since 1990. Like Big Poppy. Uh, no, because I still think there's the the steroid question around him. Like all of a sudden, he washed out in Minnesota, and he found Manny Ramirez in the fountain of uh, youth at uh, Boston. Yes, McLeod. Well, are you asking whose career would you take? Because you have all those rings, or who's a better? They're definitely better players. There's no doubt about that. We just said A. Rob was the better shortstop. I mean, yeah, but, Griffey was a better player, obviously. Yeah, but you wouldn't take Griffey's career because he was hurt and he never won. Yeah. I mean, Mo won. He was there, and and he was the basically the sure thing. And there's no doubt. Nobody has any. Oh, but you know, on second thought, with Rivera, Jeter, you can still have a couple of questions there, but not with Rivera. So I I would say Rivera, but I don't think it's a long list though, Paulie. Of those that Jeter won, he won in New York, and he won with the Yankees. And he had some big moments with the Yankees right. in and, those playoff games. And I think the Hall of Fame voters grade you on your career and how it looks. And win, you know, winning does help a, a ton. Ask Omar Vizquel. Derek Jeter, percentage of home runs by direction. Yes, I've got that stat for you. 28.5% went to left field. 36% went to center field. 35% went to right field. Stat of the day, stat of the day, Papa. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Pop. But I hope Larry Walker gets in. I, I just found him to be, there was an athleticism to that dude as a great fielder, great arm, won an MVP. But he was, he was hurt by playing in Colorado from the standpoint of are those numbers real? Like Todd Helton. 
you know, we don't look at those Colorado numbers the way they once did. Like Nolan Arenado, I don't, I don't know if people are going, yeah, let's put an asterisk. But back then when Andres Galarraga and Dante Bichette and those players were like, yeah, but they're playing in Colorado. And uh, I hope Kurt Schilling gets in. I hope he gets honored for, you know, being a great postseason pitcher. Take a break. Reggie Miller will join us. What do the Lakers need, if anything? And if Reg was running the Lakers, what would he do? We'll come back with the Hall of Famer right after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Zion Williamson makes his NBA debut coming up tomorrow night. On the mothership, they play against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Reggie Miller called the Warriors in Blazers last night as Damian Lillard had 61. He's got Mavericks and Blazers coming up on Thursday. That'll be uh, 10.30 Eastern on TNT. We were talking about Damian Lillard that put up 61, but I don't know how many people will talk about the fact that he put up 61. Uh, Your thoughts on watching Lillard last. And granted, it's against Golden State. This isn't the Golden State from a couple of years ago. Phenomenal performance last night. Uh, Think about this. Shorthanded. Didn't have his running mate in C.J. McCollum out with a high ankle sprain. Possibly could be back. Uh, this Thursday uh, versus Dallas, but an unbelievable shooting performance carrying that team because at one point, um, and again, Golden State was shorthanded as well. They've been like this all season, but they were playing with a bunch of G League guys and pretty much was controlling the tempo, the pace, and the style of play. But Miller got hot. He stayed hot, made 10 threes. Um, but you're right. A lot of people won't talk about it because, A, it was a West Coast game. It went to overtime. It was late. So a lot of people didn't see it. The basketball peers did. Um, but just a phenomenal offensive performance by Lillard. If I said you could have Damian Lillard or James Harden, is that obvious? Well, I would have to ask what style of play, because they both play the style of play. A lot of isolation basketball. I believe James Harden is number one in isolation plays, and James or, and uh, Damian Lillard is probably third, with Russell Westbrook either two or four. Um, because they both play the same style of play. It's a lot of isolation, high screen basketball. There's not a lot of passes. Um, so Who can you win with? If I said you're starting your team... And look, I'm 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 down on James Harden today this season. You know, you go one for seventeen from three point range. He's playing too many minutes. There has yeah. to be a point where Mike D'Antoni said, 
says to him, make the extra pass here. Let's just see if there's something else there or you can get an easier shot. He doesn't make it easy on himself. You know, know, I understand where you're coming. Everything you just said is correct. So I will ask you this. Who do you want him to pass the basketball to on that team? Well, To Russell Westbrook, a non-shooter? To to Austin Rivers, a non-shooter? He throws alley-oops once he drives. to the big fella. Who fella? Pass the ball okay, to? but why don't they have players for him to pass to? Well, that's more. Don't be, don't be down on hard. That's more of a management question, right? That's more Hold on for a second, ball. Reg. Phone's not uh, great. A little, little foggy there. Yeah, Paul. But, but if Mike D'Antoni knows this, I guess it's a weird question. You bring in Russell Westbrook. Do you remember when we, we, they brought in Westbrook? We all here thought this would be perfect, that James Harden would cut his minutes down like 30 minutes a game. He'd go in, be James Harden, and they get a lot of rest where there's another ball-dominant guard with the same exact skills, and they could almost like hand off to him like a second unit. It hasn't worked like that at all. Well, you have to have other weapons there. And, you know, Capella is a nice player, uh, you know, but he, he's rebounding in defense. Eric Gordon... But I, you know, maybe we put it on the GM, Daryl Morey, that they, they just need to surround him with a, a, a different weapon. But I don't know, and Reg is back with us, I just don't know if, if Harden is so far down the road that this is, this, this is the style that he can play and wants to play. I think this is his style. And I would be curious if you put him or surrounded him, for instance, let's say with a Steve Kerr where they have, what, 330-something passes during a game. Yeah. The problem with the Warriors, they just they don't have you know KG and Steph and Clay shooters. If you put them in a system where the ball is moving and then you know when it gets you know six to eight seconds left on the shot clock and the ball is swung to you, then you make a play. I, I would be curious to see that. I understand your frustration and a lot of people's frustration with Harden. But to me, it's style of play. That's a head coaching issue as well as personnel, Daryl Morey mm. issue. Because who do you want him to pass the ball to? And I agree, he's playing way too minutes. We Look, we are enamored and we marvel at James Harden during the regular season because he puts up these gaudy numbers mm. when he has these 50- and 60-point games and he makes you know 10 to 15 threes and it looks great. Well, when he's tired and he's not shooting the ball well and he goes one for 17 from three, then the frustration comes out. Like, pass the ball, dude. Who do you want him to pass it to, though? Well, I wouldn't have brought in Russell Westbrook, first of all. You know, I, I would have looked to have found somebody who is a, you know, an off-guard shooting guard and yeah. not somebody who needs to have the ball all the time. You know, you're not going to find Clay Thompson, but you need to find somebody who moves without the ball when he gets the ball, then he's a, a knockdown shooter. You know, maybe it's a, if, if it's a Devin Booker or somebody. Like, you, you just need something in there that it feels like you can count on and throw it to them and be confident. I just don't think that he's confident with anybody. I don't think those players expect the ball. And last night, you just can't, you can't go. Great players don't go one for 17. He's had at least 10 misses in a game this year from three-point range. I think like uh, you know twelve times. I mean, it's been crazy what what he's done. I, I personally, I just personally think he's getting a little bit worn down. A lot of minutes and this style, it, it wears on you, and he's settling. Uh, I, I think he's always been one of the 
great drivers in our game where he can initiate contact and step back, but I think he's just settling. because. And the reason why he's settling, he's tired. He's he tired. can't lead the league in minutes, Reg, because every postseason, what do we say about James Harden? He's tired. He runs out of gas. Yes. He runs, he runs out of gas and he's tired. And it's going to happen but, again. Going to happen. Again. But again, that's more personnel. We're, right. you're, you're, you're more so down on James Harden, the player, whereas you need to look at people that are making the decisions for James Harden. Okay, I'll be down on Daryl Morey as well. Okay, that's, right. that's fair enough, as you should. All right, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll be angry at Daryl Morey right now. Uh, the Lakers get blown <laughs> out in Boston. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Little deal. Not a big deal. Look, they're, what, 39-8, and eight, um, four games ahead of Denver, who is currently second. They're 8-2 and two over their last 10, and a lot of those wins came without Anthony Davis. So one, one of the top five different. players in the game. One of the top five, <laughs> yes, we both agree on that now. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little deal to me. It's, it's a blip. Now, if you tell me they were 5-5 five and five and they lost a lot of those games, you know, while Anthony Davis was out, to me it'd be a little bit bigger deal. But it's one game on the road against a franchise where there's history. So it's it's one game. Okay, but it feels like something is missing or we're led to believe there's something missing with the Lakers. So what is it? When they have everybody, is there still something missing with this team? In my opinion, no, I, I think you would probably want more consistency in their shooting from, uh, you know, Caldwell Pope or Danny Green. Um, you'd probably want a little bit more consistency in rounding into shape if you're Kuzma. I think shooting will always be the issue with them. Mm-hmm. If they're shooting the basketball from three because LeBron is driving and collapsing the defense and Anthony Davis is getting double and triple team, if those guys that we I just mentioned are, are knocking down threes, the Lakers are unbeatable. Shooting will always be the issue to me come playoff time. If those guys are hitting, I'm fine. When they struggle, the Lakers struggle. Is Kyle Kuzma still on the trading block? I wouldn't trade him. I I don't know what piece they can get to improve 39-8. and eight. 39 and 8. What about the possibility of bringing in? I, I wouldn't trade him either, especially he doesn't cost you anything. Uh, what about bringing in Derrick Rose? This is almost the same situation we're talking about with James Harden. For Derrick Rose to be successful, what does he have to do? Be ball have dominant. The ball in yeah. His, yeah. He's ball dominant. He's got to have the ball in his hand. That takes the ball out of LeBron James' hands. So, no, I don't think that would be a great fit the Lakers for, for Derrick Rose. Playing fantastic, playing great, but I just don't think the Lakers would be a great destination for him. By the way, Kemba Walker finally beat LeBron James. <laughs> he had lost. Did you, did you, had you known of that even before yesterday? I had not even known of that. No, I didn't know that. But I think Michael Jordan beat somebody 30, 30 out of 30 times. McLovin, do you know that? Sherman Douglas. I want to know that oh, player. Sherman Douglas lost all thirty games he faced uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't put Sher- look. Kimba Walker is a is an all star. Sherman Douglas was never an all star. I don't believe. Yeah. So that's a little surprising that Kimba Walker was was it zero twenty eight until last night? Yeah. Yeah. Over twenty eight. 
Uh, Zion makes his. Not a, look, it's a team game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a it's a unique stat, but uh, I, I was little, I was little taken back by that. I, I I was a little surprised by that. Zion makes his debut tomorrow night, Reg, against mm-hmm. San I I believe it when I see it. I I'm happy for this young man. You and I, we've been going back and forth saying they should sell them, but yeah. obviously, uh, you know, the general manager, David Griffin, and them have different uh, plans. So we'll see. I know he'll be on a minute's restriction. Uh, what are we looking? 15 minutes, probably tomorrow, 20? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You know, what, what happens sometimes is somebody gets out there, you get into a rhythm, and then you don't want to take them out. But I just figure that, if you get him out there, let him see how he feels. And but now you know now the Pelicans have been playing well. Yeah. And now you have to start yeah. think about: Can we make the playoffs? How badly do you want to make the playoffs this year? And then that that's well, going to factor into his minutes. They are what three and a half, four behind that eighth spot in the Western Conference. Holiday has been playing off the charts. Forty nine points for Brandon Ingram, I believe, in that big win overtime versus Utah. So the pieces are there, and now you're adding the future face of the franchise, an explosive player. I mean, there's a lot of upside into to bringing him back because these other guys are playing well, so he doesn't have to do as much. Um, I just hope he doesn't re-aggravate or mm-hmm. something happens where you have to shelve him and uh, shut him down. Now, I did say in the preseason when he was healthy – that he wasn't going to win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, John Morant, to me, has lived up to that billing. He has been spectacular. And if I... I okay, moving forward, you could redraft. Would you change anything, Reggie Miller? No, knowing what we know now, correct? Yep. And I don't get a chance to see him tomorrow and mm-hmm. see how he... Plays nope. and blows. No, right? Nope. I'm still going to go with Zion because he puts people in the seat. Okay. John Moran is a better player, I think. I Right now, he's a better player because he's had court time. But if I'm a general manager and I'm in a small market like New Orleans and I want to put people in the seats and I'm going to be a traveling show, I'm going to draft Zion. Yeah, I understand that. And I, I agree with that logic. If Memphis... In, and it's not fair to ask this of Memphis, but I will. If Memphis had the opportunity right now, you could take Ja Morant, knowing what you know, or you could have Zion there. Would Memphis take Zion because they're a smaller market? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, we were, it's all about economics. Um, we were talking about Derek Jeter, that he's he might go in 100% of the votes for the Hall of Fame. Could Derek Jeter be overrated? I don't overrated. I, was he a four or five time champ? I think he won five. I, I don't think he's overrated. Now, has there ever been a player that's gone in with one hundred percent? Now, Mario Rivera yeah. was. Yeah, he's a hundred. Okay, I think Derek Jeter will be a hundred as well. Not overrated. They don't. They don't uh, publicize the vote totals to go into the Hall of Fame basketball Hall of Fame, do they? I not that I know of. It's a secret ballot as well. I think too. 
Would but you want to know? Yeah. Would you want to know the percentage of votes that you got, <laughs> and who voted against uh, you, Reg? <laughs> uh, would I want to know that? Yeah. Uh, Knowing my personality, yes, I probably <laughs> want to know, and I would probably hold a grudge. But uh, look, I was very lucky and fortunate to be um, selected to the Hall of Fame. Oh, by the way, two Hall of Famers speaking to one another right now, which is kind of cool. Thank you know, you. right? Come on, right? Yeah. Come but on, I... Theodore. Theodore, don't. Hey, I know you're turning. Look, I can't see you right now, but I know you're turning a little red because you're embarrassed. But two Hall of Famers talking right now. This is kind of cool, right? I know, but I got a hundred percent of the. I got a hundred percent of the vote. You what? Yeah, I got a hundred. Well, I know I did. Well, you're a real <laughs> Hall of Famer. I'm just like, oh God, we got to put someone in this year. Let's go with Miller. That's <laughs> it, what kind of Hall of Famer I'm in. It's still one of my favorite times that I ever had in this business when I sat down with you and Mark Jackson and we had cigars and we just I was. The, the mediator, you guys never agreed on who's the better quarterback, the better boxer. You always had, you, you were opposite ends with it. And we just sat and talked. And I didn't know you. I had covered Mark when he was at St. John's. I knew him a little bit, but I didn't know you. And I thought you were sort of uh, not friendly with the media. And then we sat down and just started talking. And I went, man, that was fun. I, I still tell that story. I do. I, I do. You know, we we were the original, pardon the interruption, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, of Will Bond and Kornheiser, and you were like the mediator. Yep. You know, you were in the middle. You know, we were the we originated that. You're and right. It was, You're right. It was, it was beautiful for us uh, because as knowledgeable uh, of all sports you are, it was great to have your opinion to be like, well, like when I would say something, you were like, well, good point, but Mark is saying this about Tony Gwynn, and, like, we were there for hours just talking sports, which was fabulous. But so, any time uh, I disagreed with you or Mark, it, it'd be like, uh, who, Montana or Marino? And I go, well, I, I, I love Marino, but, you know, Montana, oh, how can you say that? Like, it was just, you guys would explode. Uh, uh, Mike Tyson of Andrew Holyfield. Uh, Holyfield, how can you say that? It was just, we were so loud and obnoxious that day. But it was fun. That was that was the first time I got to see Reggie Aloysius Miller in full bloom. And, well, to get back to why we're talking about this, it's because of your sports knowledge. Congratulations. I, I don't want to make light to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a lot of people that are on the mic that wish, wish they had, uh, you know, what you have. So, you know, I'm just honored to be a part of this show and to call you a, a friend. We've had our differences in years past. We do head butt, <laughs> butt heads, but I love that at the end of the day, uh, I can call you one of my good friends, Theodore. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you, Reg. Uh, have fun, Mavericks Blazers. That'll be on Thursday night with Kevin Harlan and Allie LaForce at 1030 Eastern on TNT. Thank you, Reg. Thank you, Mr. Hall of Famer, All right. Theodore. Thank you, Famer, yes. Uh, Reg went in in uh, 2012. Uh, played 18 years there in Indy. Yes, McLovin. That's weird that Reggie Miller, a gigantic Yankees fan, uh, didn't didn't possibly think consider that Derek Jeter might be a little overhyped. I didn't think he was a Yankees fan. His brother played for the Angels. No, he's talked to us about the Yankees. I think he loves the Yankees. Oh, he does? Yeah. Hmm. See, to me, like like Derek Jeter is like Ron Harper on the Bulls. Like he was part of a great championship what? team where Reg 
By the way, early Ron Harper on the Cavs was sick, by the way. Yeah, he was until <laughs> until he got hurt. If you want to say Jeter's Scottie Pippen. Oh, there's no way he's as good as Scottie Pippen. Well, Pippen was amazing. Yeah. Jeter was a medium-hitting shortstop. But he, wasn't he a 300-hitter for his career? Yeah, but... Then he had the sixth most hits in baseball history? Yeah, but his OBPs are like 370. Oh, here we go. On base percentage. Okay. So he was in the era when everyone was hitting 50 homers and three, hitting 350. Yeah, and there's probably a reason why they were hitting all those home runs, McLovin. Don't you give him credit that he didn't hit all those home runs? That's what we're crediting him for? That's why like, he no, underperformed? No, he played, so that's what he, his big strike he was? Played, he played... You're always going to be overcovered, overrated playing for the Yankees. Always. You just are because you get the most attention of any baseball team. And in most sports, you're getting as much attention or more than anybody else in any other sport. Yeah, McLeod. And now that you say that, Mariano Rivera wouldn't be 100% if he played for the Padres. I mean, it just wouldn't have happened that way. He'd be the greatest closer, maybe, but I don't think he would have gotten the same moment. Well, he, he wasn't in all those playoff games. Like, he was decorated because he was also in the postseason and you won those World Series. But you're right. I mean, would he be a Bruce Souter? Now, Bruce Souter's a Hall of Famer. How many World Series was he in? Two? Or Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. He was in one, I think. Uh, Paulie? Dan, you know I love Scottie Pippen, but I don't think there's a player in history that's benefited more uh, legacy-wise from their situation than Scottie Pippen. He was great player. He was not an all-time great player. He was on an all-time great team, and he was the second-best player, and he had the luxury of not having being the focal point for years and years and years. He averaged sixteen and four of six in his career. Wasn't right. he a top fifty player though? Yes, of course he was. Yeah, but be- no, but that's a rare. That list is very rarefied. Top fifty of all time. That's a good. That's an all time player. If Scottie Pippen were drafted by the Orlando Magic, would be a top fifty player. No, no, he he's a top fifty player because he won all those titles with Jordan. Very he, similar. To, he, it's it's very similar to Jeter. He's very. He was a very good player, but I don't know. I mean. Is he a top 50 player of all time? He he could do everything. He was a wonder, wonderful defender. You can make an argument he's a better defender than Michael. You could make an argument. Sorry about that. Yeah. But, see, this is what happens. When, when we start arguing Hall of Fames, and then all of a sudden we start being critical of other players. All right, take a break. We'll come back. We'll close up shop. Last call for phone calls after this. Hey, it's Paulie Paps from the Dan Patrick Show. We've got an awesome podcast to tell you about today. It's the big podcast with Shaq. Of course, it's big. Tune in every week as Shaq and his crew cover sports, entertainment, and a lot more with Shaq. That's the only way the diesel does it. The show is full of laughs and amazing stories. Stay tuned to the end of this episode from a great clip from the big podcast with Shaq. Then be sure to subscribe on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast listening apps so you don't miss an episode. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to... 
of tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. I went to yoga last night, and I didn't go kicking and screaming, but you know, my wife said, you know, you should go to yoga. It might help you. And I go, okay. So you go, and it's 90 minutes, and it's hot yoga. And then once you go in there and they shut that door, it's almost like that sound when the prison door closes in a movie, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm locked in here. And then you start to breathe. You try to breathe, and then you are, you're in there for 90 minutes. And you're really close proximity with people. And it is something that's really beneficial, and certainly with all the inflammation I have in my body, it's good. But you go in there, and I can't. All I'm thinking about is I can't wait to have a beer. So the whole time I'm in there, I'm just and I'm watching the clock. And sometimes you watch the clock, and then you go back, and then you feel like it actually moved backwards, and it's and it's taken even longer. But it's 90 minutes, and then I wanted to tap out at about 75 minutes. I was like, you know, I could just lie in a fetal position and whimper. But I, uh, I toughed it out as only I can. Yeah, Paul. Is the hot part of the yoga necessary? Do you, or do you think it's a placebo that makes people think they're working out harder because they're sweating more? I'm not accusing, I'm asking. No, it helps you. It does? If for like inflammation and stuff? Stretching. Okay. Yeah, you just get loose. Yeah. But there was a guy in front of me. And, you know, the guys who get up front, those are usually the, uh, you know, teacher's pet. And this dude was a mop. He was like, it was just, he was soaked. And then I feel bad because I'm not, you know, drenched in sweat. And then I feel like I'm doing it wrong. And then I feel like I'm going to get yelled at by the teacher. Yes, Todd. Is there meditative sounds that are made and stuff? Or it's just about stretching and getting into different positions? What, what do you mean meditative? Like when you go like, ah, um, yeah, you, ah, yeah, you all do that's that. part of the yoga. Yeah, and there's breathing. Yeah, you got to do all those things. And then there's the poses. I don't know any of the poses. None of them. I think like downward dog or something. Other than that, I have no idea. I just go. And I had to look around to see what pose somebody's in. And then they get into positions I can't get in. I go, ah, all right. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a national day today. I'm not sure how to celebrate this day. Uh, Seton, what is uh, national what day? It actually goes by two names. Okay. Uh, one of which is national Paul Pab's least favorite day of the year day. Okay. That has something to do with. I would say intimacy, but that's not it. Okay, okay. that was going to be my guess. Follow those uh, breadcrumbs there, yeah. National Non-Intimacy Day. No. Touching. National No Touching Day. No, these would be his favorite days. Oh, favorite. So that his this is his least favorite day of the year. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, National Invade My Personal Space Day. No. National Hug Day would be Paul's least favorite day because he doesn't like intimacy and he doesn't like touching. Yeah. So his least favorite day... Correct. It's today National Hug Day. Ooh. Yeah. So Ooh. I don't know if you guys all want to spend the last couple of minutes of the show here hugging Paul, but uh, we could. That does creep you out, though, doesn't it? I'd like to issue a statement on that. <laughs> I'm not opposed to hugging. I'm opposed to over-hugging. Like, you know, when you see a neighbor that you saw four days ago and they walk to your house, like, hey, good to see I saw you four days ago, dude. And the, Like, I've, I've hugged you again twice in... 17 years, yes. and they were both worthy of hugs. One was after the movie Just Go With It, the screening. Yes, because I thought you did a really good job, yeah. and I was like, you know what? 
brought out. And, and it was a dark room. And what was the other one? Don't recall. Sure, <laughs> but I think there was two. Maybe I won an award or something. Like when someone gets off an airplane that you haven't seen in a while and you pick them up, that's when you hug somebody. Or yeah. your kids, you hug all the time. That's, that's off the Yes. Yeah, so is there a difference, though, between a hug and then like a bro hug? Like where you just like the, like your buddies and like you sort of like. Well, it feels like bro hug is Slap now, hands and then you do the quick hug. It, that's replaced the handshake. Yeah. Like if you see somebody, you're like, you got to do a bro hug. When you hug, it feels like I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, hug is two arms around the shoulders. Yeah. Bro hug is one hand and yeah. a shoulder tap, possible back tap, twice. depending how much is, you like the is person. Is it a twice back tap? Never more than twice. Are we excluding that from this conversation? And is this only for two-armed hugs? Yes. Well, that's a whole other conversation because I like a crisp handshake with other people. And But if I see someone, like sometimes we'll be at like the media center next week. And if I see Seton hug someone like Peter Schrager, from Fox, who's our friend of ours, I'll follow up with the bro hug because I don't want to be antisocial. Yeah, I like to just dap. Yeah, see. I was just at a, a party over the weekend, and everybody at the party knew each other except for really this one woman who I think people there knew, but there was just a different relationship there. And uh, when we were leaving, everybody was hugging each other, but this one woman wasn't getting any hugs, and I had just met her about 90 minutes before, and when we were leaving, and I went up to her and hugged her. That's awesome. Because I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad that, like, literally nobody was hugging her. She was just standing there, and she was like, all right, see you later. And she had this kind of, like, arms folded thing, so I gave her a big hug to see you later. I'm a hugger. You're a giver. And we just learned that. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 2020 a year you will remember for the right reasons. Use LegalZoom to help you out. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Enter the promo code Patrick at checkout for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Talk to you tomorrow. As promised, here's a clip from the big podcast with Shaq. I do want to start with this gem from Skip. Skip! Oh, uh, it came, to, it came for, uh, from our way, main man, By the way, do you believe Monty. any of the rumors? About uh, the show dissolving and that skip might, going to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Skip might go back to ESPN and be with Stephen A. Uh, I've learned in, in media, usually when there's a rumor, there's, there's a little bit of truth, some to, truth it. to it. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll happen, but it's probably been talked about. Uh, Monty at our Gmail sent this over. He is singing the praises of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, oh, and, awesome. and this one just gets away from him. It's like the quickest little flick release. Right. And again, I'll be the first to admit, doesn't look the prettiest, but it comes out so sweet and fast and hot. <laughs> Number one spot. Clinching playoff spot right there. What does it do? Uh, uh, what does it, do? it comes out so sweet and fast and hot and hot. Damn. 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 By the way, by the way, fast and hot. By the way, can we even B Dog, even B Dog and I could find something to agree on. Lamar Jackson is must see. Oh, he a video game. You know, you know, how, you know how Madden you hit the uh, circle button. And you I don't spin. know that. He he's, yeah, he's, he's, must see, he's must see TV. Yeah. And and to think right now, all the great young quarterback talent that's out there. Mm. But Lamar Jackson, do your thing, baby, because so many people doubted you. Where Mahomes wasn't doubted coming out. Everybody was doubting Lamar see, Jackson. That's my point. They set him up for failure. What is he doing? And oh, he's killing he's showing up. Thank he you. Is, and yeah. he is so much fun to well, watch. Well, well, the thing is, they adjusted see? to. No, they adjusted to his talent. They did. They did. They, they absolutely did. Mm-hmm. The same. By the way, because yeah. they want to win, and you have to adjust. No, no, no but plus he he's a leader. Work plus he's, he's a leader. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. 
And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.